0: all right so welcome back friends you are listening to mike's millennial falcon i am your host mike Inhan, and today i am joined by my brother-in-law nick hey there hello <laughs> and uh our focus today is continuing our star wars uh adventures uh by focusing on the animated series i know last week i had thought about talking about detective stories but uh i decided just to keep the uh the uh momentum going so um i guess we'll go into that um Eh, it's not a part of our script, but if I could put Nick on the spot for a second is, do you know, recall when you first started watching any of the animated Star Wars yourself?
1: Yeah, actually, I think it might've been like the, t- around the time of my, um, well, I guess it must've been my ninth birthday or eighth birthday. Um, cause to cause when Clone Wars came out, I remember it was like very close to my actual birthday and they released like, the first like few episodes or something at once and so i ended up watching it like that weekend or something mm-hmm. and that was really cool um so i watched the series i watched the series as it aired on tv like as a child
0: mm-hmm. that's fair uh and it's funny to think back now on uh the days of uh waiting for episodes to come out and watch them then which i guess they still kind of do for some things but uh i just don't have the patience for that anymore it's like i'll just <laughs> wait for it all to come out um, But yeah, in my case, I think I only started watching it because, I mean, maybe you had talked about it. And then my friend Jess had watched Clone Wars a bit. I was like, oh, yeah, I watched the Star Wars movies. They're fun, but uh, I guess I'll try out the series. And then uh, that went down the rabbit hole. So here we are. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I guess we'll kind of start from the top with the clone War series I know that there's technically another one I need to watch the 2003 it's a different animated oh yeah the
1: it was uh something someone tartakovsky i and, think so yeah and it was it was an older series it's really short it's like um it's like movie length if you watch it all at once yeah um but I haven't I actually haven't seen it either but a lot of uh some people I know who also like Star Wars like that one a lot
0: yeah So I'll have to check that one out later. But we're talking about the long-spanning seven-season series. Um, So I guess uh, starting from the top is, it's so funny that whenever you look at an animated series, the first assumption is like, oh, if it's not South Park or American Dad or Family Guy, it's like, oh, it's a kid's show. And like, yes, that was my conclusion. And the start for sure felt very kid kid uh friendly or kid uh centric Mm -hmm. but as it went on it definitely just it became more awesome and just more complex um overall and honestly what after watching clone wars made me actually love star wars more because the movies were fun but like this you actually get to see some depth and complexity um, which I know I haven't read the books and I've played some video games, mm-hmm. but um, you get to actually see this story fleshed out that, you know, we really only caught glimpses of because of the movies. This just kind of makes it, you know, a lot more real.
1: Definitely. that I feel like it, it filled in a lot of gaps, um, partially in storytelling, but definitely in like character development between like, um, I mean, like, of course, like the, the third or fourth movie, but still just kind of, or, Sorry, the second and third movie that it, it developed a lot more of that, um, the build we see in Anakin's character and in like the friendship between Anakin and Obi Wan, and um, yeah, definitely just a lot of like uh development in that time frame that we was just definitely like glossed over in the movies. And it definitely did start out feeling pretty like um childish or geared towards children, but I feel like it, it definitely did um gain a lot of depth as it went, and as they kind of found their footing.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's one thing I thought of, too, is just the existing characters. We got to see it more fleshed out, especially Anakin and Obi-Wan. Like, again, Anakin is cool and all, and Obi-Wan is, <laughs> you know, doing his best in the movies. <laughs> um, but you actually get to see the dynamic, and you actually, like, grow to, like, love their dynamic, but also know that, you know, it's gonna end in tragedy, so mm-hmm. makes it makes all the more Heart wrenching, but that's kind of the point of it. Um, but you get to see more of just like Dooku too and like how he started and the the lives of the uh, separatists in general that um it made it more than just about, you know, like, oh, these are the good guys and the bad guys. And it, you know, showed the complexity and shades of gray in that. Um, yeah.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. Because I feel like you really don't really the the first three movies i feel like don't really ground like the that war very well like the civil war um and you definitely get you even get like separatist characters and stuff and i think that's that's very interesting and we get to see um like the separatists like set it at some point and like like you there's the arcs where like padme knows people and um and especially the arcs where people are like kind of suing for peace and i think that's really interesting um and there's definitely just a lot more about how like the the war itself played out and like what the separatists were doing and what individual uh separatist goals were
0: right and and just the fact there was you know corruption on both sides really mm-hmm. like it's very easy to be like oh the you know uh separatists are basically run by the trade federation and mm-hmm. the banking clan and all that stuff but like the jedi through their own like um complacency like let a lot of things slide and you know the reason for disillusionment in general um but perhaps my favorite uh returning character to talk about is freaking darth maul because just this throw i don't want to say throwaway character but like episode one he's just like he's there he looks really like terrifying and then he's killed in a few minutes
1: yeah exactly he shows up he looks really cool he has no lines then he dies yeah, and so I feel he like that. He just says my yeah. master
0: and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> and they just brought him back, in, uh, surviving solely out of spite for no Obi literally One Kenobi, like just and, and I think we'll discuss that a little bit more too. It's just like I I have such a weird feeling for Maul because you don't like him because he's a villain,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but like he's I don't know how to put it. He's got his own motivations that he's not aligned with palpatine in fact he hates palpatine for his own reasons yeah he's he's just trying to survive and i think later on we see some of that complexity too where he doesn't turn good per se but definitely more on that like almost anti-hero vibe
1: yeah he definitely is a far more like morally great character that like like you just said he is motivated mostly out of spite and wants vengeance for <laughs> against obi-wan and then yeah he really does like hate palpatine the whole time because he um because like he supposedly died on Naboo and then he just no one no one cared to check in with him <laughs> afterwards even though he lived and he's just been um just trying to survive on his own
0: right Though I forget exactly, like Palpatine came back to basically put him in, um, oh my God, who was
1: Savage.
0: Savage. Yeah, Savage oppress uh, put him back in their place, but then he just kind of popped back up out of that. I forget what.
1: So I think that how that kind of happened was that, yeah, after, after you go through, like, there's, there's multiple arcs with Maul and Savage and, um, and after they gain p- enough power to gain a foothold on Mandalore and Darth Maul is essentially ruling it, he, yeah, Palpatine does show up to, um, the, uh, there's a good line there that he's like, he become a rival. And so he, he fights them and I think he kills Savage, he does, if I remember correctly. He yeah, does, right. And then, um, he electrocutes the crap out of Maul, but I guess he let him live because I think he ended up just staying on Mandalore after that, um,
0: just kind of like you have this you can have this planet yeah just it's not even part of the republic so just do what you want
1: right exactly they were they were neutral anyway so he's like you can pretend to be a a, a king here whatever you're doing but you don't get to do anything else you're not going to expand your power anymore kind Mm -hmm. of thing
0: right but yeah it's i just love the fact that they brought this guy back and just gave him an entire story yeah after the movies um but we also got introduced to so many characters that uh, we are actually discussing privately. It gave rise to you know all these new stories and franchises. Top of my list again as a favorite is just Ahsoka Tano. Of course, just uh, just just the idea of like this Padawan of Anakin's who gets expelled from the Jedi Order and has to find her own way and kind of comes back, but she's she's like. Jedi, but not really a Jedi. And and in my opinion, she fulfills all the qualities that they were the Jedi um held dear, mm-hmm. but just none of the politics or the like self-righteousness that some of the others did have.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because it was interesting because of course she was Anakin's apprentice, and that certainly influenced her in ways that we end up seeing in the series how uh especially how she like carries herself in regards to I guess like violence and negotiations and whatnot um because she kind of picks up um some of Anakin's tendencies on that but yeah I feel like she was very um exemplary as a Jedi but and and of course the whole time you're watching Clone Wars though you know that like something has to happen to this character and like we didn't know I guess if she was going to die or leave or what because she couldn't of course be directly related to whatever happened next but I thought it it was um I mean, of course, the ending, the original ending of season five was so heartbreaking, but it was still, I think, nice to see the character live on. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we got to actually see her in other series.
0: Yeah, and forge her own path and all that. And, and, you know, and kind of continuing along with uh, badass female characters in general, we got Mm -hmm. Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan, sorry. I always mispronounce it. Um, You know, as, you know, initially... I guess uh, not even like a villain per se, but just an antagonist of some sort.
1: Well, I mean, I feel like she, I mean, she, she probably feels like a villain at first because she was, you know, part of Death Watch and Death Watch did some, uh, terrorism. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, and she was, so she was def- working for pre Previsla. She definitely did some bad things, but then after, kind of, um, definitely helped the heroes a lot.
0: Yeah, and dedicated to Like, I, I feel like her mission was was always about mandalore but Mm -hmm. after the fiasco with maul and all that taking uh charge kind of like i don't say made her see the light but she became more of a focused on what needed to be done and uh you know to to free her home world and all that um and by a similar token ventress too you know again just this padawan for dooku who goes again also on her own path and um, I don't think we saw it fully in the series, but I understand in the books or something, she actually like comes to the light side, I think.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't think I ended up um, looking at any of her stories after the Clone Wars. It definitely was very interesting seeing her as sort of an anti-hero after she um, left Dooku's Apprenticeship, because she helps... Like Obi Wan and Ahsoka at like different points in the story, right? And her whole stint as a bounty hunter was fun. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly. And um, you know the the fact that you know she and Maul both come from Dathomir, this just planet of like space witches. Yes. Like we have this arc, and then it's like never really talked about again. But like, as almost rivals to the Jedi and Sith themselves, just
1: yeah they have a lot of scary powers i feel like they're never like fully explained but like uh mother mother talzin is extremely powerful and she like doesn't she like quasi die but it's yeah but she's definitely not actually dead uh doesn't she talk to someone yeah afterwards? i think yeah. she
0: faces mace window and he basically puts her back
1: oh okay. wherever
0: she was from something like that okay um I was actually a little bit of a tangent. Uh, I've talked before that. I kind of hate the whole zombie Palpatine thing uh, in the sequel films. It I know that it was part of the original books. Mm-hmm. I still just don't like zombie. <laughs> zombie Palpatine and It's like somehow he returned. It was cloning. I much would have preferred it was some sort of death magic like. The yeah. And something like that.
1: I mean I guess it's weird because I mean if you think about I mean the way Palpatine died was particularly spectacular because he fell down a reactor core and then the star- Death Star exploded yes. but like I mean if you put but like Maul co- technically died in a similar way because he kind of fell down that reactor shaft in mm-hmm. on Naboo and like I don't know if we um I mean I guess like what was it that he like was just emptied into some sort of like trash chute and Something that's like how he that, ended up yeah. on that other planet mm-hmm. um but, like, I mean, I feel like that's similarly deadly to how Palpatine died. So it is, yeah, I feel like it's definitely less egregious for Maul to have come back. But it, it was, I guess, unfortunate for, <laughs> to see Palpatine return. Especially after there was so much buildup to um, his defeat in the original trilogy.
0: And I think I discussed this in another episode. Again, it's just, I don't want to say it invalidates the prior story but it makes it all like okay what was that all for if we're gonna bring back literally the same bad guy yeah
1: the exact same villain with kind of similar plans i don't know it didn't it didn't feel great
0: (laughs) yeah it it felt kind of half-assed but um but and not that these characters got like i don't say they didn't get screen time but they were more just kind of like there to uh, keep things interesting but you had like cad bane as a bounty hunter you had hondo anaka who I just kind of think of as the Star Wars version of Johnny Depp, just like yeah, he is his way through.
1: <laughs> he is kind of like Jack Sparrow, almost almost less successful than Jack Sparrow, to be yes. honest. Um, like
0: a little more purposely. I don't say purposely goofy, but um, yeah, like obviously
1: he was definitely more comic relief than than a like a serious character but he was also very fun that of course he's a villain in some arcs kind of helps them in other arcs sells the weapons randomly like he was he was interesting
0: just whatever suits his purposes at the time
1: cad bane was a scary character though to be honest i mean he like he was of course a bounty hunter and, and he also definitely killed people without a second thought he yeah. also i think like if you um The creators talked a little bit about how he was uh, almost designed to fight jedi that he um Mm -hmm. he had his little jetpack shoes and he had um i guess those those like breathing tube looking things were supposed to be some fail safe against being choked out but like anakin definitely (laughs) force choked him so it didn't quite work (laughs) i guess (laughs) But I think the his his jetpack shoes and his um, whole uh, wrist apparatus were made to like fight Jedi, and you do see him like do well against Jedi when most people, of course, wouldn't. Mm
0: -hmm. That reminds me of uh, a meme I found ages ago, like Mandalorians, and now the fact that you know Jedi were their sworn Mm -hmm. enemy how they figured out how to fight him was like oh they just keep uh deflecting laser beams back out us. we'll just use shrapnel and actual bullets they can't do that yes All i think of was they had a picture at the bottom is like oh they're they've got lightsabers and it's just the Meme from a hot fuzz with oh a shotgun going like shame, 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 just quick <laughs>
1: just loading like, solid slugs into this gun. <laughs> also,
0: just imagine like the old republic or whatever, just like going to battle and just the first time they get hit with like freaking shotgun going, What the fuck? <laughs> just what, what
1: are these? What is this? <laughs> what is this? What is this devilry?
0: That's not fair. <laughs> um, so something that came up that I just um. Like, as a person with complicated, like, I, I joked about being a recovering Catholic. Uh, <laughs> like, the idea of, like, gods <laughs> and supernatural beings being involved with stories is cool. So, like, the whole, like, arc with the Mortis gods. Yeah. Um, like, I, I kind of like the idea, but I, it's been a while since I've refreshed myself on that that particular story. But it also just felt just kind of odd, too. I don't know. What did you... Thank it you. was
1: a little weird, but I, I feel like it's a very interesting arc that, um, yeah, that, like, the, the, the sister and the brother, the embodiment of dark and light. And then, was the, what was the father's technical role? Was he supposed to be balanced? Or... I
0: think he was supposed to be balanced. Now, I yeah. can't really remember, but...
1: I guess it is interesting to think of, like, uh, beings or deities embodying the Force, because, I mean, if you think about force um minus the m word um we have it you know it's supposed to flow through everyone and everything and Mm -hmm. so i guess it could be interesting to have like the physical embodiments of that but um but yeah i mean that whole arc was crazy of course that there was a lot of um different things that happened and like the the things that the characters ended up seeing or feeling um that that they really like couldn't know at that stage so, of mm-hmm. course, at the end, it kind of, like, got, like, they ended up not remembering a lot of it. And I think even, like, the planet disappeared. But I think it was a very interesting arc thinking about, like, the world building around the Force and, yeah. like, what those characters ended up seeing.
0: Yeah, and how a bit of it is, like, insights into their own path and just foreshadowing in general. Yeah. Like, um, but it was kind of cool. It just, like, felt, like, really strange when I was watching it I originally came across, you know, those episodes and it was just, like. I don't want to say it felt out of uh, just strange and bizarre compared to the rest of the stories, but, like, it's like, and now we get to meet the gods. Right.
1: Yeah, it it definitely is, like, a a step in a strange direction for, like, a pretty purely sci-fi show. Um, Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) And, And, you know, the fact, if you take into account that, like, the Force was inspired kind of by the, like, Buddhist idea Mm -hmm. of like, um, you know, life force and zen and all that sort of stuff, um, which is you know, predominantly, I guess, non theistic in its approach Mm -hmm. that you know, they don't have any gods, um, so it's just interesting to have these figures. But then, excuse me, at the end of that story, anyway, it just kind of like ended tragically for all of them, too. And then, yeah, it's like, okay, cool, and now we're leaving, yeah, it's like, oh, well, the
1: embodiment of the light side dark side are literally dead what does that do did you just break the force anakin <laughs> like <laughs> i mean
0: that sounds like anakin it does so <laughs> uh, so yeah and i think i i put together a separate section purely for season 7 because um uh but i think i've mentioned before my idea of research is just refreshing myself by which i mean I just binge watch uh things for context so season three of Golden wars i rewatched just to like remind myself of certain things mm-hmm. um and that's where they started introducing like more complexity to finish off the series like season three have...
1: i think they got a budget bump too actually that if you if yeah. you looked at the physical uh like like the animation style like got better more complex yes
0: yes i was wondering about that it changed like ever so slightly mm-hmm. like just a little bit more improved um, but yeah, this is where we, we meet the bad batch,
1: yes. which
0: I think I'll discuss a little bit more about when we get to the show itself. Like it's like a cool idea. Yeah. It, it took me a little bit to warm up to it because yeah. they felt kind of like very two dimensional characters overall, but
1: they were, they all had, you know, their personality was their name. Like they, that's kind of yeah. all we got out of them and you know, I don't know, they, they definitely were, um, fun, but they yeah, they weren't super three dimensional characters. And of course, um Hunter looked like Rambo. Exactly.
0: Exactly. I was looking at it. I was like, is that supposed to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger? Like, what is happening right now?
1: Stallone, but yes, definitely. Also, oh my
0: God, you're right. I think I was confusing, thinking of like his character from um Predator. Oh, uh, yeah, like, yeah. Being yeah. out in the woods and having like the face paint and stuff. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, it's not quite right. But, yeah, so we had the bad batch. Um, I still have mixed feelings about Trace and Rafa with uh, Ahsoka's arc of uh, helping them. I yeah. did warm up to them, but it... it, it the Martell sisters, wanting... right? Yeah, so yeah. Trace was the mechanic and Rafa was the one getting the jobs. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to spend those first two episodes with them, just shaking them, going like, what are you doing?
1: They did make a lot of questionable decisions in a row. And I remember it was definitely like a a fan least favorite so to speak um i don't think i i don't think i hated them but they weren't they weren't it it wasn't it definitely wasn't my favorite arc
0: (laughs) yeah and i think the point was i don't say it was more about ahsoka but like to for us to see a little bit too of the complexity again of like what it's like even on coruscant Mm -hmm. you know with jedi um and the the line was that their parents died and the jedi came to him it's like you have a difficult choice to make but you you're not alone uh, the forces with you, and then just walked away. It's like, wow, that's the, like the equivalent of like everything happens for a reason, and then walking away.
1: <laughs> no, pretty much, yeah. And I, I definitely thought that any episode that focused on like actually actual life on Coruscant was super interesting. Just like the literal um, different levels. Like, like if you're not, if you can't see sunlight, you have such a different life than uh, like a Jedi or like a wealthy person on Coruscant. And like, you know, like the whole the whole planet's a city or whatever and it's like literal literal um just just so many levels of actual uh city on there and mm-hmm. it is just if you're in the darkness you are just your your life is spent there kind of thing <laughs>
0: like the literal underworld yeah thing. yeah and you know it's fascinating to see that and so i did warm up to them but the part that still gets me was when they're in the middle of the spice run uh and rafa and ahsoka are arguing and trace is like they're gonna take my ship no they're not gonna take my ship and then she just dumps all the spice into hyperspace and she's like see problem solved and they're both like no that was the worst thing you could have done (laughs) i know they don't get out much and they they don't understand life outside but i was like no god why why would you do that yeah not not a great choice not a great choice and but if nothing else it helped us to develop ahsoka a little more and we got to see Maul again and leading into that finale there with um just taking back mandalore Mm -hmm. um and god i've just got a soft spot in my heart for seeing her return and like rex and the others have repainted Mm -hmm. their helmets yeah and, and just even like doing the attack and be like i'll race you down there and she's like just like cutting all these jet packs and like yeah. landing on the platform i'm like oh this is great i i miss this <laughs> um but even this might be a hot take as far as duels go or just like rivalries i guess mm-hmm. maul and ahsoka i think is my favorite like anakin and obi-wan is okay mm-hmm. it, we got some build up for that um Yoda and Palpatine was okay um but and but like the Obi-Wan and Maul rematch too was like lasted 10 seconds.
1: Uh I actually haven't even seen that yet. Uh, my uh, yeah, one of one of my close friends says that that's like his favorite moment in like Rebels or I think any show mm-hmm. like the the fight the the second fight between Obi-Wan and Maul, but mm-hmm. I just I haven't got there yet. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so
0: there's some details there, but no, Maul and Ahsoka. At the end, there, like him, because you get to see Maul like trying. He's like, I've had the vision, like, yeah, this is, like everything's about to go to shit. Yeah. Um, and like, there's a moment there, like, you don't really want them to team up mm-hmm. per se, but like, it was an interesting just like relationship there
1: yeah because there's really there's really not much animosity between those two characters there was never any real reason for there to be but it's so but it is so interesting that the dialogue that ends up occurring between them and like yeah soka was listening to listening to him to a point and then he said something about like oh like anakin is going to bring about destruction of the jedi or something like that and And she was like like, no yeah that's And but it was but she really was listening to a point to to him and like yeah, he was talking about oh like every everything's going to fall, like this is we're what we're fighting for doesn't mean anything.
0: Right. And the like we're similar, we've cast aside by our masters or by the orders we swore ourselves to and all that. Um but even like they capture him all and he's hanging there in the air, and he's yeah, just like screaming like a mad prophet going, like, we're all going to burn. Yeah, we gotta get out of here. he <laughs> die, I was like oh that's dark and then oh just the entire heart-wrenching order 66 mm-hmm. on on the destroyer yeah um and that we can bring back rex from that but oh my god that it is it, it just so um, vindicating in a way to see how that happened because again you watch the movies and it's literally just like order 66 and like, all right, bye friend. And just like slaughter the Jedi. No explanation whatsoever. Yeah. And we get to see the inhibitor chip and all that. And
1: I think the chip does provide the best explanation for that because if it was somehow like, not like, you know, like sleeper agent style thing, like it would be really messed up if, if the clones just immediately turned on their Jedi. And it's like, no, they were like friends for like years. They like fought alongside each other for like actual years. And seeing that conflict even with the chip active was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, of course I loved um getting to see uh Rex get uh get like his chip taken out and get to be on Ahsoka's side and that was so heart wrenching for them like uh trying to fight their way out and um and the, the dialogue that uh Rex had with Jesse right before like the ship crashes yeah. was just devastating.
0: <laughs> yeah, and even the final shot of that episode. With her standing in front of all the graves that she yeah. dug, and then years later, Darth Vader coming back. Oh my to, God! Yeah, the scene, the but lightsabers. The one thing I do get a kick out of is like, uh, just the idea of like she's like, I, uh, I'm not going to be the one to kill them, and she's trying her best not to take them down. But mm-hmm. two arguments against that: one, she purposely let loose Maul as a diversion, and he definitely killed. Oh, he killed a lot of clothes. He killed person. a lot of clothes <laughs> with like doors, like yeah. There, can I have my lightsaber? No, I'm, I'm not rooting for you. Get going. And he's still just like, all right, flinging doors and yeah. people just like, whatever. And then also on Coruscant, just Yoda and Obi-Wan fighting for their lives. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Taking down these soldiers. Oopsies.
1: Yeah. Yoda, Yoda's arc. Uh, uh, I mean, Yoda's order 66 just being him decapitating Gree. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay.
0: <laughs> yep. All right. Here we go. Why, hello there. So, uh, I apologize for the odd break in our episode, but uh, silly me, I didn't realize that uh, there was a time limit on the recorder I was using, so unfortunately, we cut that off at about uh, 30 minutes, and uh, the rest was lost, so that sucks, but I do appreciate uh, Nick being on and providing his commentary. Um so I'm just going to go ahead and finish up my thoughts about the other Star Wars animated shows. Um, so keep it relatively short and simple. Um, so yeah, just to wrap up the Clone Wars animated series, um, just basic takeaways was it, it provided a lot of depth to the universe that you know was introduced in the movies, but we got to actually see more of it. And that was incredible. Yeah. Um, We've got to see more characters develop like um, uh, Darth Maul, Bo-Katan, Ahsoka, um, and just more relationship with Obi-Wan and Anakin. It it, it was just well done overall. Um, Moving on, the next in the series is Rebels, which um, has similar thoughts as Clone Wars, which it, it took a little bit um but i grew to love it um though in my opinion maybe still not quite as good as clone wars by the end it you know i was really attached to the characters and you know the events of the story overall um something about the animation just still kind of like threw me off and remind me a bit of like a like a children's like a morning show animation which was fine it just it was threw me off a little bit, but I mean, beyond that, again, just the premise and um the depth that went into it as well. You, you get to see um the early years of the Empire and the beginning of the rebellion. Um, and um, again, we get introduced to new characters like uh, we get Ezra Bridger, Sabine Wren, Hera, Kanan, Zeb, Chopper, Agent Kallus, Thrawn, etc um now granted i know that some of those were actually a part of the books as it turns out um so they weren't really like a first time appearance but for me um it was fascinating to see them brought to life on the screen and yet we still had time to return to fan favorites like uh rex and ahsoka seeing where they are even maul made a reappearance bo Bo katan um and just references to the mainline uh, the mainstream films and the main timeline overall. Um, and I guess basic takeaway was um, made me laugh, maybe me a little teary-eyed, you know, a little bit like clones, just maybe not quite as great. Excuse me. Um, I will say the funniest thing is just looking at Chopper. Um, and in the movies, I feel like, you know, R2-D2 has personality. But, like, seeing it come to life in the shows, R2-D2 is a lot just crazier, bb to some extent. But Chopper just takes the cake. He is a goddamn menace, and I love him for it. He's just, it's incredible. Uh, just the amount of times he's just, like, windmill slapping uh, enemies, or, like, I'm pretty sure there's a point where he just goes on a rampage riding along one wheel with two lasers in either hand, so to speak. Just firing away is just absolutely nuts. Um and plus it just something about the his speech, if you know, if you want to call it that, just the wah blah 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 blah. This sounds like you know, Charlie ba- Charlie Brown and the Peanuts. Um, but it's still just so so great. Um so yeah, Rebels was definitely worth the watch. And it took a little bit, but I did enjoy it. Uh the Bad Batch, uh again, not to sound like um a broken record but still was good not my favorite um but still worth the watch um like when i first met the bad batch in clone wars like they were kind of cool um but you grew to just be more connected with them overall in this series now granted i've only seen the first season i know they just finished i think the second season so i just haven't gotten to that um But again, we get to see the early years, the birth, if you will, of the Empire. And what was fascinating to me was just um, how the clones were phased out of use, almost like this like sense of guilt um, after Order 66 and trying to pull from loyalists essentially for the Empire. Um, And that that was like a good explanation, because when I first saw the Star Wars movies, Uh, And started piecing it together. I was like, oh, are Stormtroopers clones? And, you know, we get the answer that they're not. uh, But we get to see um, just how that changed. And it was almost like the clones were their dirty little secret, which they already kind of were already. But just seeing it fleshed out in that particular way. Um, I know that they introduced the character of Omega, which is essentially just having like four... uh, dysfunctional dads looking after this kid um, but I, th- I know some people hated her I don't get it she she's a kid like I know it probably messes with the timeline and the plot a little bit of like having this unaltered clone who doesn't even look like the other clones but then neither does the bad batch and you know it's this whole air of mystery but like I feel like that's not entirely new and plus. Star Wars, is, since it's been made, has been a an evolving uh, universe. So at some point, they either come into conflict with previously established points, or they and they have to retcon it, or they have to they just have to adapt in some way. And like that happens to me, it, this isn't like a huge deal. Like I think it's fine. Again, not my favorite thing, but it's fine. Um, I am going to say it, uh, from when we first see them in Clone Wars to like their own show, Crosshair was an asshole to begin with. Uh, like when we first see the Bad Batch, he makes some reference about, um, them having to retrieve Echo and he's telling Rex like, oh, you left him behind. It's like, don't you say that. It's like, ah, oh, I'm not blaming you. I would have done it too. It's just like, he's just an asshole. And, like, so this whole thing, like, he went against his brothers, and uh, he's a traitor. It turns out he didn't need the chip anyway. He was serving the Empire. Like, yeah, maybe I'd have to rewatch the season to get to feel more for him. But, like, I could see why there was the conflict there. I just... Being reintroduced to his character reminded me that he just wasn't a good person, like... Everyone's got their issues in the Bad Batch, but like, he's just not a good guy. And so I i was, I'll be interested to see what season two did with that story arc or relationship, whatever came from that. Um, All right, moving on down the list, uh, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the 2003, I, I don't know what you'd call it, like miniseries? essentially, like micro-episodes. Um, so I hadn't realized um, it's from the creators of Samurai Jack. And looking at the animation, I can definitely see that. Um, so honestly, I wasn't overly impressed. Um, there was a lot of uh, just overpowered sequences, like Mace Windu just punching droids and single-handedly taking out a massive tank. Um Uh, the like super powered uh, enemy Obi-Wan fought that was made out of tentacles kept regenerating that he just went inside and exploded him from the inside out. Like, yeah, it, I was like, it it just seemed like a little much now it did get better as it went along. Um, It just felt like the first several episodes were very two dimensional and just basic, which it, it doesn't have to be deeper than that. It's, it's fine, but I'd heard some people rave about it, and when I watched it, I just maybe maybe I was just expecting too much from it. It it was fun, but there there were a couple things that I did like. Some upsides. Uh, one we had. Uh, General Grievous. Um, is actually kind of terrifying. Um, in Clone Wars, again, it kind of started off rough, but you know, for the most part, he's just a coward. He gets more clever as time goes on, but he's just like a coward. Um. Whereas here he's he's actually like intimidating, um, you you can feel the fear along with these Jedi who are battling him. Whereas uh, especially in the movies, I feel like like he fought Obi Wan, but really we didn't see much of him taking down other Jedi. Besides the fact he's just got like an entire cloak full of lightsabers, um, so I I did appreciate that touch making him. Uh, a fully fledged villain that you know to be feared um and also like as they're making their escape from Coruscant we see Mace Windu do like kind of like a force choke sort of thing and it looks like it damages Grievous and kind of causes that asthma I guess or coughing fit um that we see in the movie so I hadn't thought of that as I was watching I was like oh he's like moving around he's actually you know scary and like he's moving wicked fast and then it like occurred to me after that saying it's like all oh, right, right most of the movies we see him as like hacking up along and just kind of like wringing his metallic hands like a like a uh pulp fiction uh villain um but yeah so that was a good approach um and then like the the first couple episodes were just a little too serious for me but there there was a bit more humor as it went on like the whole C-3PO with the golden plating and Anakin seeing it for the first time, they're playing some, like, sexy music in the background. I'm like, uh, okay, but it was funny. And just the Obi-Wan and Anakin banter. Again, like, I'm all for, like, the sass between them and Obi-Wan, like, scolding him per usual, but it's just nice to see some of the humor, again, to see them as multi dimensional characters rather than just, like... Uh, you know, teacher and student, and, you know, the responsible one and the irresponsible one. Like, there's some depth to it. Um, all right. And then I guess I'll just finish off then with Tales of the Jedi. Um, honestly, very good. I, you know, it's only six episodes, maybe. I, I think all of them are maybe 20 minutes tops. Like, some are even shorter than that. Um, but they are really good. They're short, they're concise, um, which is not to say that they were, you know, um, lacking in any way. They were still jam packed with story and intrigue. And it gives us those glimpses into the backstory of Ahsoka and where she started, and also Dooku and how he fell. And on that point, actually, I felt more invested in Dooku's fall to the dark side. Uh, We see him than I did with. most of Anakin's downfall to be honest like we see him as a Jedi with ideals and he's getting a little jaded as time goes on he sees the corruption as they're trying to free this town from this corrupt senator they see the bureaucracy the fact that like there's just corruption and uh mismanagement of power and oppression throughout the Galaxy even under the Republic and sometimes because of that system and we get to see the disillusionment and him just drifting to um, the dark side. Um, which uh, it, it's just interesting to see. And um, uh, uh, some of the backstory with Qui-Gon Jin, we get to see him broken up by that before he finally like commits to the dark side. Um, it, it was just a fascinating look at the intricacies of the Jedi Council and how things broke down and why, you know, we know that, you know, Sidious brought him to the dark side, but, you know, why he was even tempted in the first place, which to me felt more genuine than, oh, I guess it's not fair to say more genuine than Anakin's like, I just want to stop death. Padme's going to die, which as we learned, you know, the dreams were probably inspired by city is twisting his mind but like this feels like a more real problem than trying to stop death itself from happening um but i think we've discussed that before that's a whole lot of other unpacking to do um and then just ahsoka was like just interesting to see her as a child as an infant on her home planet and where that started um we see the unconventional training under Anakin um which initially I was like of course it would be Anakin to be like oh this test test isn't legitimate it's just being you know a total hipster um but we get to see that as you know out of genuine concern and it's a harsh training but it works and then the last thing we see of that particular segment is order 66 as they're trying to escape. In um, her training, because of that, and it's you know was another twist of that little knife in the heart, like oh right that 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 sequence, that's right. And then um, just the episode where she's you know back in hiding, um, she, she had made her way to Pal, uh, not Palpatine, uh, Padme's funeral, um, to respect the passing of her friend. And she's trying to work in hiding. And we've got the dumbass who's like, Yes, I'm, the Empire is great. What do you mean I don't get rewarded? Which I get is, you know, just dumb, idealistic kid. Uh, doesn't really know what he's doing. Um, but facing off against the Inquisitor, which apparently uh, she kicked his ass in about three seconds. <laughs> so clearly he didn't get the training he needed. Um, and just to see her jump back into the fight. Um, That she can't walk away from, you know, that, you know, the Empire is going to follow her one way or another, and she might as well be part of it. And again, I'm sure I'll talk about this, too, once we get around to uh, the live action series and once Ahsoka, the series comes out, but she's just such a good character um, that embodied it in my mind. I, I was just thinking of this if Qui-Gon Jinn was kind of like the maverick and the one who kind of followed the Jedi code better than the Jedi, and was probably pain in their ass because of that. I feel like Ahsoka is the rightful um, heir to his legacy because Obi-Wan did that, you know, to some extent, but he was also training Anakin and Anakin was supposed to be the chosen one and he did go against the Jedi, but eventually it was his downfall because he was a little too unconventional, whereas Ahsoka kind of... Wound up coming full circle and being that Jedi who's not really part of the order but in her heart is still trying to do the right thing. Uh, and with you know, not to say she hasn't had struggles or you know, doubts and uh, um, uh, the faith I suppose she has in the force or the Republic or whatever. Um but she just does an incredible job as like a hero that comes around and truly grows. And from what I understand, you know, and from what I recall of the Clone Wars, again, she was very childish, you know, because she was a child who suddenly got thrown into a war and just the growth that we've seen with her was incredible and I cannot wait for Ahsoka and to see some of the other beloved characters come to life, so um, but yeah, that wraps up my thoughts on the animated series. I do want to tackle the live action next um, so we can, uh, I'll be uh, binging some of those shows or at least the most recent ones so I can be caught up. Um, and then I believe after that, that will wrap up Star Wars for now. Um, but don't you worry, there are plenty of other uh, subjects I'm very passionate about. Uh, fandoms and just nerdy shit in general. Um, So I will keep you posted as that comes. But uh, I will leave it there for today. Thank you again so much, truly, for listening once more. Uh, And I hope you turn in next time. You've been listening to Mike's Millennial Falcon. Have a good one.